0: This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele on 101.9 High FM. The reason why we raise this issue is that um, we cannot pretend as if all is hunky-dory. You know, when you have uh, senior executive resigning uh, and without any cloud, the fact that you have these executive resigning without any cloud, begs the, a far more deeper question that we all need to um, appreciate. And on that note, I'm going to take this opportunity to welcome my colleagues uh, who have just joined us. Uh, one is, of course, is Unati Mtuneni, uh, who is the, you know, I want to say but chief, you know, um, you're known for ethics uh, at, at Da Vinci. Um, at some point, the listeners need to know who really Unati is, but that's going to be a conversation for another day. And, of course, I've got um, Eric Stillerman, who is the CEO of London, uh, London School of um, SA Online. Uh, I want to get this right uh, because it's important for people. London peop- School of Business. London School of Business, SA Online. Yep. So I need to get these issues correct Thank so that you. people are able to put the pulse on the finger. I want to start with, with um, uh, Eric. Now that Bonang has made a pronouncement, mm. in my view, in terms of what business uh, assessment is when they look at this unprecedented um, resignation of the two top executives, and what is very clear from what I've heard him saying is the fact that there is lack of clarity in terms of what is the mandate of SOEs. Is the mandate of SOEs to promote social policy, or is the mandate of the SOEs to promote commercial viability? And if they are commercial viability, obviously the aspect is going to be different. What's your take on what, or your assessment of his uh, view from a business leadership point of view?
1: Thanks, uh, Nimrod um, I think There are a lot of issues here And one needs to Zone in on the most critical issues uh, that, that, uh, that Are pertinent here to, to avoid Confusion The way I see it, and I've looked at the business press In the last few days Both ESCOM and SAA Are in a critical condition In fact, I would say To, to be to An analogy, they're both in ICU They've both got turnaround strategies. They've appointed um, what looked like the right people to run those turnaround strategies. And both the turnaround strategies are dependent on national government, the Treasury, pumping in huge amount of capital back into SAA, bailing them out further. Uh, say on SAA, the, the figures, just to give you an example, you quoted $5 billion. That uh, the Minister of Finance committed To putting into SAA But now it transpires they need another 16 and a half billion To support their turnaround Strategy which is just To break even by 2021 So Effectively The banks in, in this morning's Business day the banks are reported As saying the banks are not Prepared to roll over SAA's Debt SAA is now in a critical liquidity, pending almost liquidation position. Now, Vujani, the, the CEO, was you know running a turnaround strategy predicated on the fact that he was going to be getting support of 21 billion over the next three years. The treasury is not able to provide that at the moment. So he's kind of throwing up his hands and saying I can't do it without that kind of support. It's not a mandate issue at at stake here. It's a question of can I do the job that I've been given to do with the resources that I've got. So the issue really then he's thrown up his arms and said I can't do this job now it's for national government to say you know, the extent of a turnaround strategy with a company that's in critical condition is much more radical then simply trying slowly to turn around SAA o- over the next three years. It needs a drastic surgery to, to, to stop the, the bleeding and to turn it around. And there's huge political issues involved there in terms of workforce, in terms of trade unions, in terms of the political issues involved. Similarly, in, in the case of ESCOM, where the numbers are 10 times greater, You're talking about a total debt at at SAA of something like 350 billion rand, not 21 billion that they need. Governments committed 60 billion over the next three to five years, but they need even more. Now, uh, um, Pakamani, right? I'm pronouncing it correctly. uh, Hadebe, he was fainting in in trying to to consolidate and manage all the different stakeholder interests. To do the job The the fact is Both these jobs And this turnaround uh, Situation that we're in Especially with state-owned companies Is an incredibly difficult task And how we actually uh, so, so some kind of a You know Crisis management You know They have a war room on ESCOM I see in, in, Just one more comment on ESCOM Before I hand it back to you And my colleague here Um the, 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 the economy went down 3.2% in the first quarter of this year. Uh, it, it was mainly in agriculture, manufacturing, and mining. And one of the reasons that is given, the, the, probably the biggest reason, is the load shedding that we had from ESCOM. So, so we're talking about stuff here that is absolutely vital and critical to the whole country – And it's not simple to resolve. It's certainly not a theoretical issue about what does the board do and what does the CEO do and what does government do. Everybody's got to put their heads together in a national crisis management campaign to try and find a solution. It's not easy.
0: Okay, thanks for 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 that insight. Um, You know, Unati. um, I mean, I think Eric sort of um, you know uh, uh, elaborated quite a bit in terms of obviously stating the facts that all the SOEs are in, in ICU. and but, but juxtapose what Eric has mentioned with Bonang's issue of the mandate, because ultimately, that's my view, ultimately, if you do not clarify what is the purpose of ESCOM, what is the purpose of SAA, in a clear fashion, you're more likely to end up in issues of liquidity, you're more likely to, add, to end up in issues of, of, of crisis, you're more likely addresses add, add issues of, of of insolvency and so on and so forth. Does that hold or there are bigger issues at hand?
2: Uh, good evening to the listeners. Sure. Um, I think <coughs> I think we must have a very orthodox um Problem solving approach to this. I'm not convinced that the real issue is the mandate issue. South Africa as a country has a long history of SOEs, even during apartheid. And if you read what those SOEs did in those days, I mean, one of the simple conclusions is that they also had a dual mandate. Part of the mandate of ESCO was to raise Africana engineers and build them up and create that intellectual capacity and also to make sure that ESCO is a profitable company. So it, it's nothing new to me. So we have to find, we have to look deeper into what the issues are um, 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 with ESCOM and, and, and maybe with SAA. And maybe you must add Transnet to that. So I, 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 I don't think it's a mandate issue. For me, it boils down to a shareholder who's willing to act in the best interest of this country. I think it boils down to that. And, and I, re- I remember reading something recently or hearing something recently that, uhm, Zimbeki was saying that perhaps African nationalism has failed. And the reason why it has failed is because it was always designed to benefit a few. And because it was designed to benefit a few, it will then always compromise what the state of these SOEs. Because then whoever gets appointed into the board, whoever gets appointed into the CEO, the whole environment in which these SOEs function is then suited to the design of what that African nationalism is, and and I think for me it's quite a very deep and profound angle to look into what the general failure has been of this democratic state, notwithstanding all the other successes that 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 have had. I mean, we ha- we have to acknowledge that, in my village, there's electricity, something that I never thought would happen, but that does not absolve. I think the government from acting in the best interest of this country.
0: But, I let's, I, look, but perhaps uh, let's take it further and, and say, does the new dawn proposed by Cyril Maposa represent? Because ultimately, um, yes, we, we, we can we can spend time, you know, reflecting on what could have, what should have. The reality is we are in ICU, as everybody has pointed out. We are in IC- this is a critical uh, moment We are in crisis Moving forward It is all about What is practical The extent to which You've got all the stakeholders In both Union Government Labour All of us are on the table And facing issues For what they are That's what South Africans want That's what hope represents In terms of The sixth administration In terms of Its configuration Does that represent hope In terms of taking The country out of the Quagmire I think that's what South Africans want to hear I, 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 Look I, I It
2: depends. I mean, when when do you think this new dawn is supposed to have started? I mean, if I go back to around mid-February 2018, that's when President Ramaphosa really became the president of this country. He didn't start on the mid-May 2019. And Mr. Pakamani Khadebe was an appointment supposedly of the new dawn. Um, even jahana you would you would argue the same thing, even Daomu you would make the same argument that these appointments are supposedly new dawn appointments they have been appointed by this administration certainly from uh, from the highest office of the land perspective. so if they, under these circumstances, cannot deliver, then something is profoundly sick in the system and what i 've also noticed is that they have resigned, nothing has happened to the
0: boards that they report to. Nobody's saying anything from the board. Interesting. Let's take a break. Perhaps maybe we'll come back to the same, the same issue. Because in both instances, the board were very happy to accept the resignation. Um, and if you want to hold everybody accountable, the board must be there. Let's take a break. We'll come back after a second. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. It is now 19 to 7 o'clock, and I'm joined in studio by Eric Stillman, as well as Unati and Tony. who, you know, uh, the conversation is essentially around the resignation of <coughs> the top executives at SOEs, and we are meant to believe that more and more resignations are likely to happen. And, and you know, at the face value, yes, a person resigns, but one of the value adds of this kind of shows and in another, in another shows is the code beyond and say how do you fix the system uh, because all of us are the country the economy is not growing SOEs are bleeding money day in day out they all come you know through cap in hand uh, to make things even worse uh, they, you know if there was a bit of a value you know in the horizon perhaps maybe we'll give them a bit of you know understanding but there's no there's no respect we don't see it so the question is how do we transform what are the case studies or what is that we've seen elsewhere that has worked uh perhaps maybe that's that's an issue that you know we had a bit of a conversation around that what is the way out of escom because we all know that we can't allow escom to fail Mm. you know because it's such a a critical entity that nobody will ever allow it to fail but it is clear that the current configuration of escom is problematic And the proposed uh, reconfiguration into three entities just might. We don't know for the fact, but it's yet to be tested. Um, We've noted that entities such as Telcom, you know, was in the in the same kind of scenario, but recently they've posted, you know, good returns, close to one point six billion raise if, if I if I recall, in terms of revenue and profit. So clearly we have instances of what worked, but the question is, is there political power or political will to take the same difficult decisions to ensure that ESCOM becomes Telcom? SAA become telecom of this World mm-hmm. there's already There's, there's, there's evidence yeah. what's your take on that
1: um, Yeah, yeah uh, uh, Thanks um, I think in these critical Financial situations because That's what these SOCs face as a Result of uh, corruption Whatever that's where they are now And government doesn't have enough Bailout money to keep them On life support indefinitely Without properly turning around You need a proper business turnaround strategy which in the case of telecom involved, I think as we mentioned in the break, uh, involved an outside private sector equity partner coming in in fact they listed on the stock exchange you had the private sector management coming in and a proper turnaround strategy, so I know it's been spoken about in terms of ESCOM and, and SAA as well, the time has come to do that because government doesn't have the money itself and the banks are not prepared to advance the money without government guarantees. So you've got to now be looking at a change of the business model and in bringing in partners who can pump the money in and bring in the management expertise. If you look at the other success stories, some of the toughest decisions, if you look at 1994 when we inherited an insolvent country post-apartheid, Trevor Manuel had to recognize that before we can go ahead with the reconstruction and development of South Africa, on of the development agenda, we needed what was called GIA, the Growth and Economic Reconstruction, which was est- essentially a self-imposed austerity program. Cut expenditure and raise revenue. Get SARS to collect the tax that is due, improve the culture of payment in terms of Stimulating that side, the revenue side, and reducing unnecessary staff and expenses. So, you know, in ESCOM, you've got 45,000 people. If you do a value chain analysis of ESCOM, you don't need 45,000 people to run the entity today. Can, how much can you cut into that? Politically, because of the trade unions, it's a very difficult thing to do, but what you can do, You can do a combination of any turnaround strategies. How do we increase the revenue? All the municipalities municipalities don't pay what's due to ESCOM. That's how you improve the cash flow on on the revenue side and the cash inside. On the cash outside, you start a process of natural attrition where you reduce the 45,000 to maybe 10% by 4,000. And you start to have a scenario that is real and that can show the banks that you mean business. Banks understand the bottom line financial ability to implement those tough decisions under tough conditions. And and you have to have, unfortunately, uh, as I say, the Khadebe uh, at, at CEO was fainting because he couldn't actually handle it. You need a seasoned private sector Business rescue practitioners to go into those SOCs. They're not guys that pass transformation tests. They're guys that know how to rescue companies.
0: I, I wanna, I wanna disagree with you on on your last point. um, For simple reason, because it doesn't matter who sits Mm. at the helm. You are for as long as the business model is flawed. Mm It doesn't matter which planet you come from. Yep. When you're going to deal with a business model yeah. that does not appreciate what makes business sense, you in know, a way, and and, yep. and you don't get the support from the shareholder, because the shareholder has to be on your side. As Telcom, for an example, when Super came through, when uh, you know the then CEO, of you know Caesar uh, came through, and 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 you know. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys. It yep. was very clear that the, the, shareholder was, was, you know, had to back them up. Sure. And them taking very unpleasant decisions. So, 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 so these are competent people who were there, but who had a political backing. You can find those guys. You know, so, Brilliant. you know, so without a political backing, without the shareholders who is attuned, in my view, it doesn't matter what you do. Unati.
2: Thank you. I think there's a slight, uh Difference with Telcom, which might have a, a profound difference. Maybe the biggest turnaround at Telcom happened when Telcom went on an IPO. What then meant was that the shareholder activism at Telcom was no, was no longer happening directly through the executive. It would then happen maybe through the PIC, which is a slightly different method for shareholder activism. Mm-hmm. In words, there's no minister that goes to an AGM meeting um, for Telcom. And obviously then you had other shareholders that are also part of that. And you, even if you appoint the board of Telcom, you're appointed to a national, through a normal AGM. That is a fundamentally different type of shareholder activism that you get when you have Minister Pravin Gordon goes and addresses the public about operational issues at Mutopi. Fundamentally different, because all of a sudden now it's there's share, there's there's um, um, load shedding six weeks before the national general elections, and therefore this is now no longer a simple operational matter. Now this is a political matter. So that is a for me is a is a is a is a profound difference in how shareholder ac- activism happens. But the other thing I, I want to raise uh, differently is. Why do we need a Department of Public Enterprise? Why do we need that? Because there is none of these SOEs that does not align to a line department. Already you create a problem because now you have two executives responsible for that. So you have the Department of Energy responsible for policy issues. Now you have the Minister of Public Enterprises supposedly responsible for shareholder activism already you're creating a difficulty for yourself. Mm. And I'm not convinced even to this day why you do need to have a Department of Public Enterprises.
0: Well, that's part of the problem. I think, I mean, I I agree with you um, because you are obviously opening up a can of worms in terms of um, two ministers mm-hmm. who may not necessarily see eye to eye yeah. um, that on its own uh, create um, red tape that is unnecessary mm-hmm. um, you have to deal with egos at the ministerial level you have to you know even mm-hmm. the DGs uh, who are supposedly administrators uh, if, they, if the ministers are not talking or do not want to talk in practical mm-hmm. terms um, Nothing is going to happen. Let me make a practical example. The Minister of Education and the Minister of Social Development, uh, we have seen that why there is a movement of early childhood from social development to the Department of Education. Um, earlier on, it would have been a lot smoother if the two ministers were able to speak. But because the two ministers were obviously not necessarily speaking to each other, it complicated what ordinarily would have been a rather smooth uh, transition. But I just want to echo your view, Unati, in that uh, part of the streamlining is to consolidate. You know, let's not have all these ministers. One is responsible for policy, one is responsible for monitoring or execution. So if you align the two... Uh, you are more likely to have a speedier resolution, um, you know, in terms of the issues. Uh,
1: uh, 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 Numerous things. Uh, uh, I don't think, you right, uh, right now those are the most burning issues. I mean, in this particular case, you've got three ministers who are all very like-minded, and a president. You've got Cyril. You've got Guido in energy, minerals, and energy. You've got. Chitamba in finance and you've got Pravin Gordon. They're all Cyril's people that are, have got a common agenda. I don't think they're confused. What, what, and everyone recognizes that you need to change the business model. What has come out now is that it's not going to happen over a three year period that the, the, the financial situation is so critical because of the level of debt that they're in that you now need to scale up The intervention into business rescue that, that, that is not business as usual. And they all need to agree together and they need to agree it together with the board. When I alluded to a seasoned practitioner, business rescue practitioner, I'm trying to say there's a kind of striker in soccer or a jockey in horse racing, you know, that they, they, they rare commodities, you know, Mm. they rare diamonds of people that you need to find that have done it before. If you take Sipo Mseleku at Telkom, for example, he's a kind of guy that has done it. You know, th- thus, unfortunately, maybe Pakamani wasn't up to that. Maybe Vuyani at SAA didn't measure up to it. We need to find people that can. When you say government is not giving them the support, the political support, that, that's a kind of a cliché. It right now needs to be a common agenda with a common strategy that is going to work. And no one, you know, this is something critical. There's no ready formulas in a textbook. You've got to get everyone in a war room around the table. Are you therefore, are you therefore saying, if I hear correctly, uh, Eric, that um,
0: the two gentlemen that have to bail out were not cutting it?
1: I'm saying to you that they hadn't, it couldn't, look, Pakamani couldn't handle it. He resigned because he was fainting at crucial times in the, he was having difficulty coping with the pressure. And, and I'm saying to you, Voyani, if you look at him, he's saying they wouldn't give him 21 billion when he had got a commitment for 5 billion. And that was the turnaround strategy. He can't actually figure out how to do it with less than 21 billion. Okay. Let me let me hear on that too. I,
2: I, I'm not sure about pagamani fainting, but pack that. Fainting. Um, but, <laughs> but 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 let's go back to SAA. There was a gentleman called Coleman Andrews, who was supposedly a business rescue guy. Yeah. Where did he take SAA?
1: He was a a, a, a con man that took a couple you, of hundred million, and he, you know you need no, to know who you're dealing with. No, but the point I'm trying to make is. Ultimately,
2: the decisions are made by the executive. And you can't go as, a, as, as, as SAA or as ESCOM at a pace that is higher than the people that make the final decisions. That's the reality of leadership. You always go at the pace at which the decisions or at the pace of the people that make the decisions. So if they agree with you... so So the point I'm trying to make is... You can't just bring a business rescue person. The people that make the decision, in other words, if we were to go to the highest level here, the president has to appreciate the crisis and deal with it. And the president supposedly was leading the war room at ESCOM. And, and I mean, it's, these things should not be new to him. By the way, in my view, I cannot, something is profoundly sick at SAA because It's the same industry that British Airways is operating in. KLM is operating in. Other other airlines are are, are very profitable. Are are quite profitable. Mm -hmm. But for some strange reason that, because I've not worked at SAA and I don't understand, SAA isn't. So the question is, and in some instances, SAA has a bigger market share, certainly domestically. And SAA has an advantage of getting government contracts in terms of flying domestically. But still, SAA cannot make money. I say something is profoundly sick.
0: Talking of sick, one of the, the callers have just uh, tweeted and said, why do we need national airlines? You know, Well, That's this is the same issue that uh, Tito Mwendo was said, and that we subsidize the rich. We don't need national airlines.
1: That's Tito and and maybe why Tito is not so ready to dig in and and give 21 billion and throw good money off the bad. You know, he wants to be convinced that this thing is going to be turned around and it will become profitable, that the sickness that you're talking about, Unati, can be healed. How do you do that? How do you establish a good profitable business model? And, and if you're talking, you know, ComAir, South Africa, Kulula.com makes money. How do they do it? You, you know, you, you you increase your revenue, you cut your fat, and you run it like a business. Unfortunately, those are the re- they can't pay salaries at the moment. That's that's the extent of the crisis. This is not nice to have. This is all have to do, otherwise they die.
0: But here's something that personally we uh, need to thresh out before we we run out of time. Mm. And I want to throw to to you colleagues that there's a, there's a propensity in this country to have a bandage approach. Short termism, mm. in terms of the business rescue, whatever, whatever the terminology you want to use. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with a chronic crisis that you've seen, surely one would require more of a longitudinal view because the issues are systemic. Yeah. If the crisis is systemic, therefore you cannot have a compartmentalized approach. You have to look at it holistically. That's my view Because you have to look at the At the shareholding side of things What are the issues That needs to be addressed Mm. Not only just a theoretical view um, Eric Mm. Practically Exactly What are the powers that vest At the shareholder level The boards You know The same boards It doesn't matter How you want to cut this thing And slice it Mm -hmm. You can bring all You can even bring The crim-teller cream You know But under the current circumstances I bet my last cent They will still fail because there is not enough decision, or there is not enough power that sits, even at the board level, to take decisions,
1: contrary to what the shoulder may want. Okay. Uh, 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 to my mind, you, in, in, a, in a really deep crisis in a business and in a state-owned company... First, you have to plug the leaks so that you can pay the salaries and you can keep the banks from foreclosing on the debt because that's where they are right now. So unfortunately, the life support issues have to come first in ICU. You then take it out of ICU. And you've got a long Granted. term, Granted. medium term, Granted. how do
0: you grant it? Uh,
1: three year strategy. And that's what's happened in the last two, three weeks. It's, 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 it's a new scenario from what we're normally facing. We have to recognize that, Nimrod. But, but, but Peter is me, you know, both of CEOs
0: have this, uh, their strategy, you know, turn strategy and nothing has happened. I,
2: I, even this question about whether you should have a national airline or not. I mean, there's Ethiopian airlines, very national. Very profitable. Yeah. So I think as a, as a result, I think honestly with due respect to the Minister of Finance, that's really a peripheral issue, whether it's a national airline or not. The issue is, here's a company that we have. How do we make it work? Exactly,
0: 100%. And the, the, even, and, and I mean, the issue of… of in, in 10 seconds, how do you make it work? Because we're running out of time.
2: Appoint the right people and support them
1: upon the right people and support them. Okay, Eric? I, I think I've alluded, you've got to stop the bleeding and you've got to not rely on debt, okay? And you've got to have a, a, a drastic cutting of costs in, in both of those, all those companies. And then, of course, you increase the revenue in due course when, when they stop bleeding. Colleagues, unfortunately, we don't, have yeah. to live we don't have much time. It
0: is an absolute pleasure to be on board. And issues that we're debating here, colleagues, are very complex. And there's no silver bullet. It is quite interesting that uh, business leadership, as a through Bonang Mahal there is a perspective. You colleagues uh, in your own spaces, there is a perspective. So cumulatively, we're likely to have a position that could drill that could address the immediate bleeding of these entities and look at profitability by bringing other entities or examples of what really worked, uh, and 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 that require political decisions that are not so pleasant. Exactly. But if you are running for popularity context, perhaps maybe that's not a... That's, you
1: have to stay out of the kitchen. Until the middle again, if there's been absolute pressure, have a good one. I think-